Hello, and welcome to Work Well with Stephanie Wolf, brought to you by the Whole Food Health Coach LLC, where we make your goals our goals and you are never alone on your wellness journey. Experience the information, inspiration, and collaboration of our Coach in Your Corner partnership. My name is Stephanie Wolf. I'm a National Board Certified Health and Wellness Coach and proud owner of the Whole Food Health Coach, now in its ninth year, and five time winner of Best of Gwinnett Award in Endocrinology, Diabetes, and Metabolism Practices. Rachel, Sherry, and I invite you to visit wholefoodhealthcoach.com to set up your 60-minute healthy living assessment. Our award-winning three-phase program is changing lives. WorkWell is brought to you weekly and is dedicated to your personal and professional health and wellness. I offer examples from my own life, health, marriage, family, and business. I share my research, my opinion, and my faith designed to bring you compelling content, engaging challenges, and practical body, soul, and spirit support on your wellness journey. WorkWell comes to you from my personal desire to live long and strong with passion and purpose, die of old age, and help others to do the same. Now from living rooms to boardrooms via Business Radio X, you're listening to Work Well with Stephanie Wolf. All right, let's do this. So today, my funny story is one that I wrote myself. So my organ donor disclaimer. So I'm an organ donor. I don't know about those things sometimes, but I think they should come with a disclaimer at some point, and mine definitely does. So in an effort to be fully transparent, here are a few of mine. If they take my skin, they'll need to take my pro-age moisturizer. And if they want my eyes, be sure to give them my glasses too. Oh, and my dry eye drops, and otherwise they're going to be disappointed. If they take my heart, they better take my pacemaker with it, or they will not make it very long. If they take my bladder, it should come with a disclaimer that they'll be getting up throughout the night, and I might tinkle a little bit when we laugh too. The breasts, well, that one is funny because the one that God made is pretty old, and the other one, they're welcome to it, but um, the other one, it had breast cancer, so it's kind of unfinished and maybe needs a little more work. Uh, The teeth, they need a little whitening, but um, the coffee and the wine that I've drank over the years, I suppose, have contributed to that, and I think my bone marrow is good, um, and I have great hair, too. All right, so I'm excited about today, and um, if you've been listening to my podcast for very long, and hopefully you have, or maybe today's your first and you can go back and listen to all the others, you're going to know that each week I seek to offer you some inspiration and information, love to make you laugh a little bit too, but I encourage you to challenge yourself, change something, improve something, let go of something, pick up something, start something, restart something, or at least begin a healthy self-dialogue to excite and generate movement towards your healthier self. So in January, we started off the year with new beginnings, talked about all kinds of ways to get started. And you don't, it, it doesn't have to be January or a Monday to start something new or the first of the month. And then February, we talked about heart health, your heart of hearts and your actual heart. And then in March, we did my favorite marvelous marriage marathon month with my husband, Jack. In April, we did some spring cleaning. It was fun to have some guests on that month. And then in May, we did Women's Health Month. Men's Health Month followed that in June. And July, it's all about aging gracefully. So it's all about me. This past week, I celebrated a birthday. Happy birthday. 
All right, let's have a good time. Well, it happened, and now I've moved into a whole new category on the aging chart. So now I'm a proud member of the 65 to 74 age range, and the it's the age range where everything is sagging and falling down, and life insurance, health insurance, long-term care insurance, and prices go up. But I'm still here, and I love the new category. I'm still here. That's why I love the new category. I've survived a great many near-death experiences in my life. So each day is a gift, and I open each day with gusto. So I say, bring on the aging. Let's do it gracefully and tastefully. So I'm going to start with the definition of aging. And just in case you are wondering, according to Webster, it's pronounced aging. So the noun aging is the process of growing old. Okay, got it. The process of change in the properties of a material occurring over a period of time, either spontaneously or through deliberate action. So let me use it in a sentence. Our own unhealthy choices will escalate and hasten the aging process. There you go. The adjective definition of aging of a person is growing old or elderly. Those are the two words that are listed there. I didn't like those at all. But um, it also says of a thing, reaching the end of its useful life, becoming obsolete. No, no, she says. So I, I said, let's use that in a sentence too. So how are we going to help America's aging population from becoming useless? So we're going to look at what the government has to say about the topic of aging. I just read an article from the Nas uh, National Institute of Health called, wait for it, The 2030 Problem. Caring for Aging Baby Boomers is the subtitle. So the objective is to assess coming challenges of caring for large numbers of frail elderly as the baby boomer generation ages. So evidently, our aging is a real problem for our government. The article says that the economic burden of aging in 2030 should be no greater than the economic burden associated with raising raising, sorry, uh, large numbers of baby boomer children in the 60s. So not much harder than our parents had when they were paying for us as children. But it goes on to say the real challenges of caring for the elderly in 2030 will involve, and I agree, number one, making sure society develops payment and insurance systems for long-term care that work better than the existing ones, and to which I say a huge amen. Number two was taking advantage of, ad of advances in medi medicine and behavioral health, I've got that underlined, to keep the elderly as healthy and active as possible. Hello, that's why I'm here. Three is changing the way society organizes community services so that care is more accessible. Yes and amen. Four is alternate, uh, I'm sorry, altering the cultural view of aging to make sure all ages are integrated into the fabric of community life. Again, a big amen, and thank you for that uh, NIH. So um, I am going to do my part 
as an aging woman to behave in a healthy way and stay as healthy and active as possible. The government better get their act together because I plan to live to be 100. So let me tell you a bit about my health and um, my health story and why I'm so passionate about my personal mission to live long and strong, die of old age, and help others to do the same. You hear me say it a lot. Well, my husband and I have a goal to be the longest living married couple in America one day. And that means I need to live to be 97 and my husband needs to live to be 99. So why not 100? So my goal as a health coach is to help people die of old age. I want to die of old age like my mother did at 92 years old and my grandma Flossie did at age 102. I might just make it because it turns out I'm hard to kill. I've not always been the picture of health that people see before them when they look at the picture on the podcast, but I'm a two-time cancer survivor, I've had back surgery, and I have a pacemaker. People say that life begins at 40. I say life begins to show at 40. So come with me to Indiana, where just after my 40th birthday, our family traveled by van to a wedding in a little town in rural Indiana, in the area where we're from. We were staying at my sister's house the night before the wedding when I started experiencing tremendous back and hip pain. I hurt so bad that I was sweating trying to stay seated in the chair during the rehearsal dinner, even holding myself up by the arms on the chair so not to put the pressure on my back that I was feeling. Somehow, I made it through the night, but the next day I got out of bed to go to the bathroom and I looked at my husband at the breakfast table and with tears in my eyes and a pitiful look on my face, I said, I am not doing well at all. Well, I went to the bathroom, barely sat down on the toilet in the corner of that little bathroom when an excruciating pain shot through my back and leg like a lightning bolt. I screamed out in pain and yelled, take me to the hospital, take me to the hospital. Uh, That pain was so intense, actually, that I passed out against the wall that was close to the stool. And I was still seated when I came to with a man on his knees in front of me as I sat on the toilet, still in my pajamas, asking, do you know who I am? Do you know who I am? I stared intently at him, extremely puzzled and still a bit out of it, thinking, I have no idea who this man is, which was quickly followed by a terrifying thought, I have amnesia. Just then, I looked through the open bathroom door and saw my sons in the hall praying out loud. I know them. Okay, well, that's good. But who is this strange man at my feet while I'm on the toilet asking if I know him? He was the pastor who was to perform the wedding, and I had evidently met him just the night before at the rehearsal dinner, but I was in such pain, I didn't remember anything or anyone from that evening, and I most certainly didn't expect to see him in the bathroom that morning. Wait, why is he in the bathroom? The pastor is also the volunteer fireman for that town. He arrived first. Ah, well, the ambulance arrived and I was taken to the large hospital miles away where a renowned neurosurgeon performed emergency back surgery on me the following morning. My family headed back to Georgia in the van and I flew home and due to my surgery was upgraded to first class. Yay. 
So now come with me to Kenya, Africa. Here's the thing. In my 20s and most of my life um, after that, actually in my 20s, I was diagnosed with hypoglycemia due to frequent and ongoing fainting spells. So I've passed out on nearly every continent, so why not Africa? After a long trip into the bush area, we'd been ushered like royalty onto an elevated gymnasium stage to a long head table of about 10 pastoral leaders and dignitaries in front of a packed auditorium. Well, my husband was the main speaker for this very large group of African Christians and area church leaders. I don't know if you realize this or not, but in African churches, it's well known for their very long services of singing, dancing, and then preaching, often followed by more singing and more dancing. Well, they had finally introduced my husband, and he had just gotten up to the pulpit area to preach. Well, there I sat smack dab in the middle of several honored leaders at the table with me, smiling proudly as my husband was about to bring the word to this, these eager followers when I began to feel the feigning spell coming on. I have what's called an aura. Um, that's where familiar symptoms um, begin to happen. And since this has been happening to me regularly, um, I have experienced that many times over the years. So this warning sign appears kind of out of nowhere, but it's my cue to quickly prepare for the spell, which would likely land me on the floor or in someone's lap. There's not much time to plan uh, for the inevitable, sadly. So I quickly looked to my left where I saw the back of my husband addressing his listeners. And then to the right, and I saw on both sides of the stage were a set of stairs, the same stairs that brought us onto that stage. Not good options for me, but no time and nothing I could do but brace myself. And then it happened. I went completely lights out and folded forward where my head hit the table. To make matters worse, my husband had been talking about me just then and turned to introduce me to the entire gathering, pointed to me and stunned at my slumped position. And in usual Jack Wolf form or humor, he said, wow, she must really be tired. And the crowd just continued to see me slumped over on the table. But once I came to, they took me out, um, of course, prayed for me, put me in a car to recover, and asked my husband to continue. He did, and I took a little nap in the car. That scenario has played out on a myriad of different ways in, a, in various countries, including Germany, where I took down all of the objects, including a tea set, on a glass tabletop as I hit the floor in a loud crash in a hotel, another ambulance ride, and inside of a very fine Dusseldorf hospital where neither the physician nor the patient spoke the other's language. Get me out of here is all I could think of, and knowing I didn't want to end up with a lobotomy. So the final piece of this particular story, there's so many I could share with you, but this one takes us home to uh, our state of Georgia. Now keep in mind, by this time I'd been passing out um, and it had been a way of life for me over 20 years. However, it was getting worse and one morning I passed out not once, but twice. Between the events, I hit 
um, the last number redial, which is something that used to used to have on landlines when there were landlines. And luckily, it was my daughter-in-law who I'd spoke to last. So Shanna picked up the phone, and all I could say was, I need help. And I passed out for a second time. When I regained consciousness, I was laying in the hall where I'd been trying evidently to get to the door, doorway, especially the garage door, uh, to open that to let the EMTs into my house. They had axes and were going to break down our beautiful front doors. When I looked at the door, I saw four faces looking at me through the transom windows that surrounded those beautiful doors. Well, I pulled myself up to the opener just in time to save my friend doors. I yelled, come around, come around the house where the hard, there I was on the hardwood floor front. Um, I, I did not want them breaking through that door. So front door intact. I found myself laying on that hardwood right outside the garage or right inside the garage door. And, you know, I thought to myself, hopefully they're better at their emergency medical job than getting into me. But Uh, I was drifting in and out of consciousness, actually, after that. And as I lay there on the floor, one of the EMTs kept asking me, Ma'am, where are the keys to your car? He must have asked it several times because the final time he yelled at me, Ma'am, where are the keys to your car? I was alert just enough then to shout back, Why in the world do you need the keys to my car? Didn't you bring the ambulance? (laughs) I remember that like it just has happened, and it makes me chuckle just thinking about it. But of course they brought the ambulance, but my Ford Explorer was parked inside the garage, and they couldn't get the gurney past it to get to me. I don't know why they didn't think about going through the front doors and unlocking the big double uh, doors that uh, they were anxious earlier to hack away at with their axe and takes me, take me out that way, but we'll never know. So that episode landed landed me in a hospital in the capable care of a very wise emergency room physician and a referral to immediately see a cardiologist. A cardiologist? It's my sugar. Just give me something to eat is what I kept telling them. And they assured me they had checked my sugar and it was fine. But the next step in me getting my life back was to be, and to be cleared, um, I had to see the cardiologist and get that clearance. So I made the appointment. I waited in the patient room as, uh, for my cardiologist thinking I would just get that cleared, cleared up and head home. And so I'd only gone by myself. And immediately the door opened and a tall, dark, handsome, man walk through the door. Now, ladies, that's an understatement. Um, If you didn't have heart palpitations before you went into his office, you just might develop them. Talk about feeling weak in the knees, all symptoms brought on by this doctor. He is gorgeous. I tried to focus on what he was saying, but my mind was on his hair, his teeth, his... Well, anyway, he was dreamy, though much my junior, and as you well know, I am happily married. I, my husband and I keep no secrets from each other, so I came home from that first appointment, confessed my sin to Jack, and told him we need to change doctors. He went with me to my next appointment. When we left, Jack said, he's so good looking, I'd date him. Well, Dr. Dreamy said I'd need some tests. At least that's what my husband told me he said. Anyway, I was a little preoccupied. 
I was uh, signed up then or scheduled for what they call a tilt table test, which most people pass with flying colors, but I failed utterly and completely and quite dramatically. So they strapped me to this this vertical table. This is what it is. And if you're prone to fainting, this will create a fainting episode. I obliged. When I came to, after a terrifying and traumatic episode, Dr. Dreamy had a very long, scary needle pointed at my heart. But I hardly noticed because he was just inches from my face. And I thought, I've died and gone to heaven. Nope. But they did find out what was wrong with me and that I would need a pacemaker because when I faint, my heart stops. My heart had stopped, and I had no upper chamber, no lower chamber, and no conductors for an extended time, so much so that the only remedy available was a shot of vesipressin injected directly into the heart, which I hear is very painful, even if administered by a gorgeous doctor. I scared the living daylights out of that gorgeous doctor, the nurse, and the technicians because they all thought they had just watched me die. But they didn't know about my goal to live to be 100 and that apparently I'm hard to kill. I was immediately hospitalized where cardiologists um, specializing in the electrical process of the heart told me that I wasn't leaving that hospital without a pacemaker because when I faint, My heart was stopping, and it was remaining stopped for longer and longer periods of time. So I had a pacemaker implanted, um, and that was in 2005, and I'm happy to report that I haven't passed out since. So age, but age gracefully and on your own terms. This is the time of your life where you should begin to take care of yourself maybe in a more intentional way than what you were able to in the past. But don't settle. Just because we're aging doesn't mean we're dying or we're reaching the end of our usefulness. And our usefulness continues. In fact, so much more so, actually, I think. So this is the time to redirect your attention back to yourself and prioritize your own faith and family, food, fitness, happiness, and wellness. Set and personalize your own health goals or do it with a health coach for actionable steps and behavior modification and those changes that will help you to live to be 100. And you know what I say about that. Everybody says, who wants to live to be 100? And I always say, the person who's 99. But manage and control and improve your health span, whatever your goal is or however long you want to live. Just live strong. I don't want to be pushing a walker and pulling an oxygen tank. So I want to improve my health span, but I want to make sure I'm living strong, not just long. And in order to do that, I need to take charge of this stage and celebrate the journey, but celebrate the um, season that you're in and that better quality of life can be yours in that next stage of life. I love the word of God. And to me, Psalm 139 verses 13 through 18 means a lot to me. This is um, the version that I used when I used to teach my healthy kids camps for churches. God made my whole being. He formed me in my mother's body. I praise God because he made me in an amazing and wonderful way. All the days planned for me were written in God's book before I was even one day old. God, your thoughts 
are precious about me. They are so many. If I could count them, they would be more than all the grains of the sand. That's the way I feel about my God and my Lord, my Creator. And let's end with Dr. Seuss today on a funny note. His book, Happy Birthday to You by Dr. Seuss. So no one says it better than him. Today you are you. It's truer than true. There's no one alive that's youer than you. Say loud, I am lucky to be what I am. Thank goodness I am not just a clam or a ham or a dusty old jar of sour gooseberry jam. I am what I am. That's a great thing to be. I say so myself. Happy birthday to me. You've been listening to Work Well with Stephanie Wolf, brought to you by the Whole Food Health Coach LLC, where we make your goals our goals, and you're never alone on your wellness journey. For information about our corporate wellness programs, camps, virtual classes, or our individual coaching programs, go to wholefoodhealthcoach.com. Our coaching is available virtually anywhere in the country. I'm Stephanie Wolf, wishing you well personally and professionally. See you next week live or on your favorite podcast channel. Until then, choose life.